0: Good morning, Tam-Tam. How are you? I'm just happy this day is almost over because I am done being (laughs) a homeschool teacher. Like, I am such an asshole when it comes to homeschooling my kid. I have no patience. She's like, Mommy, how do you spell cat? I'm like, you're not stupid. (laughs) But the worst, she's going to have issues literally for the rest of her life that's going to start from this freaking pandemic. Oh, my God. Tell me about it. This is like, it's
1: really not fair. This is just testing us even more during it's this not. pandemic. As if we can't, you know, just being on top of each other isn't enough. Now we're freaking teachers, and it's like, where you know, does this end? Where does it this end? end? Oh my it's God. It's not ever going to end. It's
0: never going to end, Tam, And Like, why? We'll never go back but to But then I think people without kids mm-hmm. is a better. And so maybe we should ask our next guest, yes, whom I've loved for a very long time, mm-hmm. um, if it is better being quarantine
1: <laughs> without small children. She's like, yes, it is. So, <laughs> so who do
0: we have here, Roxy oh, We've
1: got the one and only, Matt
0: and Matthews. I love the way her name sounds, too. It's like Matt and Matthews. And if you don't know her, then you don't know anything <laughs> about Comedy or, <laughs> or improv or Vine because she actually started on Vine. Um, I didn't know mm-hmm. I knew she had like three million followers, but I didn't know she had like one point six billion billion in the bees streams, oh which is God. insane. And why is she doing our show? So welcome, <laughs> <Manon>. <laughs> thank welcome, you.
2: Welcome,
0: Manon rhymes with Tamon oh, and salmon and contamination. <laughs> once had a boyfriend that had Tamman on his arm. Um, and now it's just a big old leaf. But I don't know where that story was going. But yeah, taman is an interesting name. Where did your name come from? Manon is a
2: French way to say it, which I wish I said it like that, but I Ooh. don't speak French. So it's just a phony French Name that turned American Manon. Manon. Manon.
0: Manon. But when did your parents make it up? Was it like. They didn't make it they... up. That was happened to me. Oh. Yeah. They were like, oh, ta- Tamman. They were, yeah, I don't, this is a great story. <laughs>
2: so there's no other Tamman on the planet?
0: No. Mm-mm. That's pretty sick. Only people who like are super obsessed with me and <laughs> name their kids after me.
2: Has that <laughs> happened yet?
0: Like one or two weirdos. Yeah. Sure, I, I, I've,
2: been, I've been tagged in some baby photos of like we named <gasps> our baby Manon. And, uh. and I, I thought that was like the biggest honor out of anything you could ever <laughs> receive. Um, they saw a movie, a French movie in the 80s called Jean de Florette, And the sequel was called Manon of the Spring or Manon de Souss. And it was about mm-hmm. this long, blonde-haired, naked, free spirit running through the fields. And they were like, that's the name. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's the one. She's it. She's it. <laughs> She's it.
1: We want that to be our daughter. <laughs> Not far off. <laughs> so, uh, so that's how it came about. Okay. Well, you are like-
2: Stephanie. Oh,
1: okay. Stephanie. I
0: like, I like Manon. Manon. I I spoke French at school Mm -hmm. and it served me no purpose because I (laughs) live in America and I have friends who have kids in French school and I'm like, well, you do know they're either going to leave you and go to France (laughs) or have no real reason to use French. Except on their first
2: date to look cool, you know? Yes.
1: Or when you're drunk. Because all of a sudden, the French comes back to you. You've had a cocktail or two, I noticed. Yeah.
0: Like, it comes oh. back to you, Roxy. I'm like, that's not French.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's oh not actually the language. <laughs> Bonjour, y'all.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you were born and raised in Los Angeles, mm. which is crazy because not a lot of people are from here. Mm-hmm. So, what's it like growing up in LA? So, just so just to give you, I'm from Australia. I know <laughs> I've lost the accent. That's a whole other story. And Roxy's from
2: Texas, from
0: Dallas, Texas. Texas. Okay, so tell us what it's like <laughs> to be in LA.
2: Well, I did pick up your accent. I was about to say, I hear Australian, like just just from like words, like certain like, <laughs> words. <laughs> Like <laughs> New York and mascara? <laughs> that's a good one. That's good. Um, I don't know. It's what I know. So, I, you know, people always say that, especially in the industry, in the acting industry. They're like, what? You're from here? That's so weird. And I'm like, that's everyone I know is from here. <laughs> Duh. Um, so, it's, it's cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Grew up in Calabasas. Well, um, first Sherman Oaks. First Sherman Oaks and then Calabasas. So, so this really- is like. Before the Kardashian days. You're a valley girl. Yeah, I'm a valley girl. I'm from the valley street. You know, like I just love my Starbucks lot hairs and (sighs) I'm very aligned with that character. That's why I actually do that character. It's because I know it so well, because even though I despise it, it also mm-hmm. lives within me. I feel like we mm-hmm. pull from little parts of ourselves and then magnify always. it.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. we have you can to. take You can take the girl out of the valley, but
2: you can't take the valley out of the
1: girl now, can you? Right? I can't.
2: can't. So, yeah, it was cool. It was fun. It was, you know, I went to like mm-hmm. acting classes from a young age. I was always performing, always dancing around. There was always like a camera on me. And so Mm -hmm. I think like, even from a young age, my dad was always filming because he moved here to, you know, pursue, honestly, I think he's tried to pursue acting for like a second and then decided to become a writer, even though I feel like he would have been a great actor.
1: Mm -hmm. So growing up, because you're from Los Angeles and because this is a transient town, you know, where people are coming in and out, was it hard to make friends?
2: Mm -hmm. At what point? Like just In as general, you were growing up. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like,
0: I'm not a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I had no friends yeah. ever. Really.
2: Yeah. I had a great group of friends for, okay. it, until fifth grade. So, uh, So grade school, I was killing it. I would okay. like organize relay races and I was uh-huh. like the head... Sporty Spice was always the one Mm -hmm. I picked. And I was Mm. like, all right, let's do this. I was on drill team. And then we moved to Calabasas because I (laughs) guess the schooling was better. And that's when everything went downhill and I had no friends and I started getting made fun of and told I was... Like buff and hairy, and then like randomly on the bus, this girl would hairy. walk. <laughs> <laughs> There's such so so the weird adjectives show. to put together. Like you're buff and <laughs> hairy. We're like okay, Makes oh, <laughs> a lot. I
1: think. Yeah, like cool. Um, and like just in time for junior high too, right? Like as you're uh, going into puberty.
2: Yeah, the things you don't want to be as a girl. You want to <laughs> be like petite and soft.
0: Why though? Off. Why do we want to be petite and soft? My daughter yeah. says to me, she's like, mommy, I don't want to be fat and hairy. And I'm like, <laughs> why? And she literally said that yesterday. <laughs> Funny me talking about it because she literally said, I don't want to be fat and hairy. And I was like, where did you learn that from? Like, why, mm-hmm. why aren't women allowed to be wild? Like, why do we have to stay in this specific box for what? For men so that they think that we're like attractive to them? Like, why can't we just be, be anything you yeah. know what I mean and I not think just because the majority
2: of what young women are seeing are magazine you know like mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. not as many fat and hairy
0: sorry this <laughs> is, <laughs> this this is the do... podcast episode is going to be called <laughs> fat fat so I'm sorry about the title <laughs> <laughs> but it's really
2: that's just who she is she's just anyway I, yeah I, I think it's just because of what we see you know I didn't ever want to be hairy. No one, Mm -hmm. none of the women I saw were hairy. So I thought, oh, this is, this is what's wrong. It's the thing that sticks out. And so I made a career out of being the funny, right? The funny, as I'm sure, you know, because you're both very funny is doing, is doing the wrong, not the wrong thing, but doing the odd thing out. And so because I started getting made fun of, I was like, oh. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn how to be even quicker than them to beat mm-hmm. them to the punch. I'll make myself a fool first, mm-hmm. so that they don't make me the fool. And I learned that later in therapy. When was like, "Interesting, how you get <laughs> to know control when they laugh at you," and I'm like, "What?"
0: A lot of comedy comes from pain, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and that's where we, you know, I was 200 pounds as a kid. I'm sure all the listeners are like, "Please don't mention that story again." And I'm not going to tell you the story again, but. That's why I was like the funny overweight kid, because that's how people would like me. Um, but I'm not upset about it. I think that you're, you get so many lessons and they're all gifts if you choose them to be. Um, but you just wish you didn't have to go through the pain to get to the good stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it would be nice not to have to, but maybe you don't get to the good stuff unless you go through the pain first. You can't
2: because mm-hmm. it's the right, it's the touchstone. Like there is, you You wouldn't be able to experience the joy without having a reference point to pain because mm-hmm. you wouldn't know what joy is. Just like mm-hmm. you wouldn't know what light is without the dark. Like, oh, the sun, all that. See, I wouldn't have had reference if it was just always there. If it's always there, you don't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you say that you were bullied growing up? Yeah. You were? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that in turn, again, made me not only bully myself, but occasionally I would fight back. Like I would go home and cry and talk to my dad and be like, what do I do? And they're like, you know, he first said, kill him with kindness. And so I remember this girl turned around and she was like, she said I was ugly. And she made fun of my gap Mm -hmm. t-shirt. And I practiced I was like, okay. And she go, and then I said, well, you and your friend are really pretty. And they were just like, What the hell is wrong with you? And so I didn't do that again, and then, (laughs) and then I, and then I just, and then he was, and then my dad said, okay, well, you need a good comeback, and so then I tried that, and it, it like got them to kind of back off, but it never Mm. felt really good.
0: Hmm. I think bullying comes from, like the, I think it starts in the home. I do because. Mm The lessons in the life we teach, uh, I have a seven-year-old. Roxy has a six-year-old and I have a baby baby, one and a Mm half-year-old. And what I try to teach her is to lead with kindness. And I know she wouldn't be a bully. She'd probably be a kid that gets bullied more than she would bully. Mm -hmm. So it starts with the lessons that you teach our children. And it really does put a mirror up to parents and how important they are in, in... Ways we raise our girls, you know, mm-hmm. um, and we have to look at like the why and like where it comes from. So I hope that that changes. I hope that fem- uh, parents do take a stand and they start to change the way that they raise their kids. You know, that's where I think it starts from. Yeah, and
2: maybe some sort of weekend. Seminar training before going into,
0: <laughs> before going into, don't school. be a, bitch. Yes. <laughs> don't be a bitch camp, don't be a bitch boot camp. Oh my god, that's so good, Roxy. I just made you because- a million dollars. There it is. There it is. I'm, I'm
1: running with it. I'm running with it. How not to be an asshole. <laughs> How not to be an asshole. <laughs> that's so fun. So great. I mean, so, but also because you are in Los Angeles growing up, it almost makes it. I want to say like impossible to not go into entertainment. Wouldn't you say? So,
2: cause we're, we're so influenced by it here. Mm -hmm. What do you think? You would think, right. But I'm like one of the only people I can think of like two other girls, not even in my grade. And I, I, I think I graduated with like, I don't know, 500 people. And so there was like always over a thousand, 1500, like there was just a big school. Mm -hmm. And out of the, you know, there was two people in a grade above me. And I can't think of anyone else who's in the entertainment oh really uh, uh acting mm because mm-hmm. maybe there's another guy that's a filmmaker, but it's like i'm I'm surprised because I figured everyone wants to do what I want to do, and you know they didn't and so it is it is it was weird um mm-hmm. and even the people I reconnected with in um uh in elementary school they they didn't pursue. Movies or TV or acting or anything. It's bizarre. I just Mm -hmm. always project that everyone wants to do what I want to do all the time. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's a problem. What was
0: your ultimate goal? (laughs) Was your ultimate goal to just be creative and make people laugh and entertain? Or was your ultimate goal to be in film and TV and win an Oscar? Like, what What was what was the end game for you? I mean, that was me. Like, seriously, I was five years old and I'm like, I'm a bitch, I'm winning an Oscar by the time I'm 30. When I hit 30, I was like, mm. I was like, life goals have been lost. I thought it was easy. I was like, I can do this. It's not that hard. They make, make it look easy. They make uh-huh. it
2: really look easy by uh-huh. only showing you the good stuff. I... I always for some reason same kind of thing not about winning awards, but I always saw like uh, I don't know if fame's a good word, but I always saw like oh people are gonna they're gonna just know me but I mm-hmm. didn't know how or when because I always knew I liked being behind the camera and I loved directing and bossing people around and telling them mm-hmm. exactly what to do because I know how the story's gonna go so it kind of started with directing. I was always kind of goofy and I liked that but stand-up didn't really come into my consciousness until. Mm-hmm. You know, I was around twenty-three years old. Um, com- uh, improv comedy came to play a few years before that, and I thought, you know what? I would love to be on a sitcom like Friends. That feels like a dream mm-hmm. to me. It's like, oh, a, a group of people rehearsing, laughing, and then live. That feels fun. SNL was getting paid to a three. million dollars yeah, doesn't hurt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't hurt. That man. would be great. Um,
2: <laughs> Courtney Cox
1: just started following you. By the way, I know we three. saw that. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, that,
2: Courtney Cox and Jennifer
0: Aniston, yeah. How did Jennifer Aniston, like, how did that go? How did that happen?
2: That was in October, and that was the best day of my life. Cause I was doing breath work and I was like, my life's over and I was just breathing through it. And then, and then, um, I think Beyonce's spirit came on and I was like, I'm all I need.
0: It's okay, girl.
2: I got you. I got you. And, and I got out of breath work and I was like in line at Starbucks or something. And, and someone messaged me saying, I can't believe Jen follows you. And I was like, what? Cause she had just joined and it was like a big deal. Remember? And, and yeah. then I saw that she followed me and I was like, what the hell? And so I sent her a nice message being like, you're my hero and you bring the world so much joy. And she was like, you do too, by the way. Wink face. And then we've been, and I was like, what? Because you just never
0: know who
2: yeah. is watching. You never know. So that's when you, you can't yeah. create
0: for, uh, you just got to create for yourself. You mm-hmm. never yeah. know it's going to affect.
2: Right. We never thought social media was going to be a thing with like, you know, that's, that's why my original where I was like, okay, I'll be on shows, movies, hopefully do mm-hmm. it all. But you know, when I got on Vine, it wasn't like, and now I'm going to get a following and hopefully that, no, it was just like, Mm -hmm. I like making videos and I like being goofy and it feels safe in the home and here we go. And, you know, I believe that the, the, when you love doing something, as I'm sure you guys know, it, it pays back and the world just loves to watch us have fun and enjoy ourselves really is what it comes down to. Mm
1: -hmm. And you were following your true, what you needed to be doing at that right time. You know, it's like the timing of it and like your purpose So that obviously, I mean, how could you even thought of that? You know, back when growing up, you know, you had these dreams and then social media happens and it changed Mm -hmm. your life.
0: We've all been doing our part to keep our communities healthy and safe, including shopping from home. Greats has been sending shoes straight to your door since 2014. Skip the store, but still find the perfect pair. Amazing.
1: Greats is Brooklyn's first sneaker brand and is known for making the most accessibly priced Italian made sneakers in the world. They make premium quality classics for men and women that play nice with everything in your wardrobe. And these aren't one season shows. They're trend-proof, built to last, and over time will become trusted and well-loved friends.
0: I definitely love mine, Roxy, but you see, that's only half the story. Greats sources the best materials and works with responsible factories that maintain the highest environmental and labor standards to craft premium quality footwear in an ethical way. Visit greats.com to learn more.
1: That's G-R-E-A-T-S dot com. So what was like that moment where you were like, Oh my God, like this is now things are different now.
2: I had, I think I just woke up after doing a Kristen Stewart impression and saw that, like I had a million notifications or whatever. And within a week, a hundred thousand followers within a month, 500,000 within a, and then it was like a million. And I just, people were watching Uh and I was getting a lot of feedback and it was just like, Finally, someone sees. Like, Mm. I'm not crazy for thinking that I think this is hilarious, Mm -hmm. but you know, like, that's what's most important is that you enjoy it, of course. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it can be shared just is the cherry on top. And, you know, it just, it makes me, it's made me feel connected. It's made me, I met so many friends from it that like are like minded that also like to make videos. So now Mm -hmm. I have a playful, playful partners in my life again, Mm -hmm. you know, it kind of brings back that like childhood sense of wonderment of like, you know, I get to make videos, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. like I can't even imagine having had access to a cell phone when I was like eight, Mm -hmm. the things that we can do. Were you
0: devastated? Fine. Shut down. Because for the first time you were seen and for the first time you did have people following you in your videos. And then were you like, now what? Like it's like almost like a cruel joke, you know, all of a sudden 3 million people are gone. And then what do you do? Do you go to other platforms? Do you ask Mm -hmm. people to follow you? But is it ever the same? Is it ever the same people who were really invested in the one thing? Do those platforms even sustain that type of material, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, it, I felt like it was
2: coming. I'm very intuitive and I sense things. And so there was something always in the back of my mind of like, this is going to shift. Now, what I regret doing was not going, okay, now follow me on Instagram. Now follow me on Mm -hmm. YouTube and let's continue this journey. I didn't do that because I, at the time found it tacky and I was like, I don't want people to like get annoyed and whatever. And so I felt the grief of it about a year later when I Mm -hmm. saw my numbers on Instagram and allowed that to dictate, like, my inner peace by going, these are just not the same. Like, I couldn't help yeah. but compare the billion loops to, like, oh, I have 50,000 views on this video that I think is hilarious.
0: And It hurts. Mm-hmm. I feel it, like it hurts. I great does. My husband and I, we have a production company, and we have some shows we just sold. But it's like, if those well, shows great. don't do well, yeah, but it it is great but we've been doing this for fucking ever like you have but if those if those shows don't do well and people don't see it and you think it's fucking hilarious it's like what's the point mm-hmm. i don't for for us it's not we want p- us to be successful and get the money although that's great we have two small children i would love to have <laughs> lots of money but the point is if you make something, you want people to see it. And if people aren't seeing it and sharing it and enjoying it, you feel like, what's the point? It's like, why am I creating this video that I've spent so much time on and written and directed? And like my family sees it, you know, Mm -hmm. it does. I think those numbers do matter. Even if people say, ah, it doesn't matter. I'm just, I love to do it. They do matter. I feel, well, They do well. They're Mm -hmm. the only matter to me. They do. They. I think they
2: absolutely do. And you know, they might not for a person whose livelihood doesn't depend on it. Mm -hmm. For the people that are just watching and going entertainment, and they're not looking at the numbers, so they're just focused on the content. And luckily, you've been in put in their algorithm because they watch you, so they see your stuff all the time. But i I just had someone who goes, Oh, you know what? I forgot about you for the last two years because of the algorithm. Even though I've been following you, I haven't seen any of your, your videos, but I'm so happy that this one did well, be, you know, cause it pushed it up and blah, blah, blah. And it, it like irked to me that I have no control over that. Mm-hmm, I can't mm-hmm. help but compare to the 3 million and where every video was just like, not every video, but you know they did a lot better and you can't help that's quantifiable results to see a number and to mm-hmm. uh, like to go okay it didn't perform the same whether it was good or not you know and then there's the other people that I can't help but go okay they came from fine I came from vine they have mm-hmm. 20 million followers I have six hundred thousand what you know what I mean like I hate that of but I like, happiness but yeah. who doesn't do it yeah who doesn't do right. it yeah And I go, Oh, where did I, what did I, what did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. And then it's not like I ever question whether I'm funny or not, but I do question that like, I, I am a, I'm a a, not acquired taste, but maybe I'm not as a general funny. Like maybe I should be doing the more obviously funny
0: stuff, Mm. but for some reason I love the. But then you're creating for other people. And not yourself Mm reviews. And that's a slippery slope. I'm just saying, because I know, because all of a sudden you're like, Oh, they like that. Then you're never happy because you're just posting stuff that you think that they want. Mm -hmm. And then it's not you. Yeah.
2: And I really get a kick mm -hmm. out of when I, when, when people like the stuff that I think is really funny and unique Mm -hmm. when they like that, it feels so much better than when I do the obvious joke.
1: Like to you, what is the funniest stuff that you do? Like, what is the stuff that brings you the most joy?
2: Um I like doing characters and so like mm-hmm. when I do a character who's like a salesman and she's trying to pitch you and she's like okay and she's like just the movements I really like like movements and characters and rhythms and there's something about that for me like I think that's why I like Jim Carrey or whatever is because he's not only doing something that's clever mm-hmm. auditorily but he's mixing it with a kinesthetic feel with the beat with a face and so that stuff tickles me a lot cause it catches me off guard. Um, and I don't actually do enough of that. I also like just kind of like improv with friends. Like I've, I've recently mm-hmm. done a, a quarantiners where it's like an eight minute video of me living with my roommate and he's, you know, it's like, it feels like a scene and I like that kind of stuff, but it doesn't necessarily work for Instagram. And
0: people Do you feel to do pressure it. to create, like you have to create a specific amount per week? Mm-hmm. and get a certain number of hits because, you know, a lot of people probably who listen to this podcast, their livelihood isn't dependent on views. Mm-hmm. So, and and I can explain that more. People get brand deals and they get, you know, certain uh, platforms. You get paid for as many views as you get. So it's that constant, you know, how do I survive if I'm not hitting my benchmarks? Mm-hmm. And then that causes pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I. She's like, yeah, that. <laughs>
1: that. <laughs> yeah, you've got people breathing down your neck. You've got agents and managers and brands, and yeah. you know that all want you to meet certain certain marks. And it's like, if you you feel yeah. do you feel that pressure? Like where it's like, oh god, like this view didn't get a hundred thousand, you know, more views or what, whatever the number is.
2: I think I've gotten into a pretty good mental place about it um, as far as feeling the pressure. I've always been very spontaneous and, and you know, in the moment with it and like, mm-hmm. I'll make this and I just love it. And I post, you know, TikTok's revamped the whole Vine thing because I just did mm-hmm. a million there. And that makes me feel like, okay, they are for creators. They are, it's a lot more positive you know, than Instagram, in my opinion, um, as far as the comments go, it's a lot more supportive. It's a lot more for, you know, I, I resisted it for a, lo- a long time mm-hmm. and I would get, I would get angry when <laughs> I would see people lip lip syncing. Cause I was like, ah, that's so easy. But then I started doing it because of course, and it's not easy, right? <laughs> yeah, it's. I guess it's not easy, and it's like it's like, well, whatever. If it's easy for me, then I should just be doing it. Let me embrace it. Let me let me welcome it and not resist what is, right? Mm-hmm. I accepted what is, and TikTok is what is, and I've had so much fun in it the last few months, and it's it's paid off. And a lot of people are like, oh, I remember you from Vine, and so I think people are. I just have to just trust the flow rather than resist and try to you know. You know, there because there is a weekly quota for Instagram if you're if you're to grow, and it's too much for me. Like mm. I, I miss the mark every. I'm like, how many am I? I'm supposed to do eight stories a, a day. Like I can't do that. And then I, but I want to post. I love posting, but I get in my moods,
0: and then I love like my say? moods
2: to dictate how I post, which is you know talking we have, about oh, moods, goodness. and this is
0: you know something that. You can talk as much as you want to about. You recently went through a very hard heartbreak. Um, you were married for a year. Was it a year? Yeah. Just over mm-hmm. a year. Um, and then you found out that your husband was doing something behind your back. I'm not exactly sure what that was. Um, Knitting. How? You what? Pardon? Knitting. 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 <laughs> knitting. <laughs> he doing, knitting he was doing your back. Back. <laughs> just so <laughs> fucked up because like knitting is just the ultimate betrayal. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, you are more than welcome to share anything and everything or nothing. Um, how how did you find out? Like how did mm. you know that something was wrong? Um
2: I actually had just gotten my wedding photos and I was looking at them on my couch and I was just like, these are the most beautiful wedding photos of my life. Like they look like they could be in magazines and it was the most beautiful wedding um, I've ever had. (laughs) The only one I've Mm -hmm. ever had. Um, And I got a text from my best friend and he and his girlfriend were like, Hey, can we come take you to coffee? And I was like, why don't you come over and I'll show you the wedding photos. They're like, no, come to coffee. And, And they took me to coffee, like down the street. And, um, they looked, they like their energy was so scared and they kept looking at each other. Like they had something to tell me. I was like, what? And then they put their arm on me and they're like, um, and my best friend, Travis said, um, what I'm about to tell you is is not going to be easy to hear, but I want you to know that I have your back. I have your back always. And I'm like, what? And it, my whole body like got that feeling of like oh. are you gonna tell me someone just died like please don't tell mm-hmm. me my dad's dead or, or, or my husband's dead please 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 and he goes this girl reached out to me and she sent me a message that said hi Travis Manon's gonna really need a friend right now as her husband's been messaging me for the last three weeks very explicitly mm-hmm. um, Photos, videos." saying i love you i've always loved you uh i'm not gonna be with man in forever that's for sure she's nothing she's useless she's not sexy she's not funny all these horrific things and i'm reading this and i know it's him because it's exactly how he writes Mm -hmm. and it's him in the photos Mm -hmm. in the shower in the kitchen of the house that i just bought for us a, a month like five days before the wedding that we moved in um and this isn't something. So I, I am in shock. I didn't, I didn't, uh, on no level was this expected. Mm -hmm. It was completely, completely news to me. Um, we spent every waking second together. He treated me like a queen. Mm -hmm. You (sighs) don't seem like like everybody in my life just loved him. And they were like, man, you just met your person. We can mm-hmm. just see it. We, he loves you. He adores you. Like he's just, he's really charming and charismatic and and everybody just fell in love with him. And, you know, all these things, like the, the list goes on and on of our of our love story, which I do say the whole thing in my podcast on the third episode where it's like we meet immediately. I knew he was going to be my husband. We have the wedding song that I hear and I'm like, oh, that's, that's going to be our wedding song. And then it later was our wedding song. And we just had a beautiful relationship. We didn't fight, you know, we, we really communicated beautifully. Like I'm a huge communicator. I'm all about holding space for people, especially if they're in pain. I'm not about to take it personal and go and have two people, you know, bleeding all over each other with their wounds i'm easily able to detach and go okay you're experiencing something even if you think it has something to do with me i'm gonna hold the space and let you feel it and he did the same thing with me a lot like that's why i felt like the luckiest girl in the world is because of this beautiful relationship we had so when i found that out it really scared the shit out of me i i got so scared i had no idea i felt like you had just told me that actually my name is Stephanie and that I am actually 62 and that my mom is Marlon Brando. Like I just, none of it. it just, I was like, what are you talking your about? Face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I went home and I actually packed a bag and I got my key and I put it in my pocket and I was like right near where the door is. Cause I, at this point, I don't know who this person is because he's t- telling someone else that he loves them. And that he always has. And I'm like, I look at her, I'm like, I don't know who this girl is. Like,
0: huh? Was it just her? It was just her?
2: Well, so far as we know. Okay. Mm. Later, you'll hear a little bit more
0: that there's multiple.
2: <sighs> and it wasn't just after the wedding. It was throughout the whole relationship.
1: It's like being with somebody you totally didn't even know. It's like you think you know this person, but it's like a split personality almost. You know? Yeah,
2: that's that's exactly because I still can't wrap my head around it. You know, he he was kind enough to admit to the whole thing, and it, he started crying, and for forty eight hours, I just proceeded to hold the space for him because and shower and sage him and like a nice person. Yeah, well, my mind? Mm-hmm. I think I just recognized. I thank God I had done so much so many seminars <laughs> and so many so many healing things so that I could so probably to get me ready for this moment because at that point my first thought was oh my god he must have been in so much pain to be like he had to hold on to this and just act like like that was my per- per- thought was I didn't go what I'm not sexy what I'm boring what mm-hmm. I didn't think that I, it was like that's not mine that is <laughs> That's everything to do with him trying Mm -hmm. to make me small, to make himself bigger, trying to keep her attention. Cause we later learned that he just really needs outside validation or feel to feel good enough and had to make me small to make himself feel bigger and blah, blah, blah. And, um, yeah. And then like two days later, I had to, two days after I found out I had to, I didn't have to, but I decided to take care of myself and have him leave the house
0: and, Mm. Did he apologize and say, I want to be with you?
2: Yeah. Yeah. He said, I'm sorry. I'm sick. Um, I'll do anything. And then I was like, okay, first of all, (laughs) unfollow all these 600 women that are half naked. I didn't know he was following all these women (sighs) commenting, you know, on their butt pictures saying you're doing such a good job. Like, but, and I, so it was all like starting to come to get like a Mm. year. It's been a year. So a lot's transpired after that. Obviously I wrote a book about it, not about mm-hmm. it. I wrote a book about my life, but there's a chapter that I included um, about it because it was so it's what propelled me to write the book was this event just completely transformed my life. And the way I see things, I was very, very um, trusting when I met him and very open and like, you know, I have a really great father who loves me so much and, mm. and, and, And so I just projected that on all men. I was like, no man would ever hurt me. Like people love me and they are always looking out for me, which is a great way to be. But also Mm -hmm. you got to have some discernment, especially when it comes to your heart. Well,
1: you know, I was just going to say two, actually two things. Um, The first is that's really amazingly like evolved of you to be able to sort of separate yourself out of that and to know that that was him in the moment of like when you're finding all these Mm. things out which is incredible because like Tammin had said, and like I would have done too, because I would have just been like, fuck you. Like literally killed him. Um, But also when something like this happens to you and the trust is broken, how do you go on to like finding love again? Like, are you scared to kind of open yourself back up again? Like, how are you feeling about that?
2: Yeah, you know, in my book, I write, like, may I not close my heart off to the world because of another man's pain? Like that Mm -hmm. would be the biggest shame of it all is for what a lot of women do is they generalize men and Mm -hmm. now all men suck and all men are liars and all men are pigs, which is not true. Some and some are great. And I want a partner. I want companionship. And I know, I know it's, it's been a difficult journey this last year with you know, I, I ended up going to therapy and giving it a shot, even though I had, he had completely broken my trust because I thought, you know, um, he says he wants to change. I know a lot of everyone in my life was like, no man, and run like, this is way too soon. Like maybe mm-hmm. if it was 10 years down the line and you had a couple mm-hmm. kids and it was like, you weren't seeing each other ever. And it was physical, but just that, but the fact that he talks shit about you behind your back to a stranger so soon after the wedding, like just weird. But I was like, yeah, and I I just saw it from a different place. And I thought, let's, let's give therapy a try because I actually think that'll be very healing for me to do it. So it was something I did for myself and it would help me understand him even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also didn't want that looming over my head of like, well, what if, what mm-hmm. if I left too soon? What if it would have worked out if we went to therapy? But now I know that I didn't see the changes I needed to see. Um, And so I was able to walk away, like all done rather than Mm -hmm. like, "Mm." so it's been, it's been interesting, you know, to, to, I don't, I'm not like, you know, uh, I'm going to close my heart off. I, Mm. you know, I'm, I'm living with Johnny, who's my roommate and he, he moved in actually shortly after the lockdown happened and he's held the space for me quite a bit. I mean, he knows exactly, like if I hear a specific song and I start crying he's there. And so basically he's been like my witness to my pain, which has helped transform it. Like, which is what healing is, is loving the parts of ourself that hurt. And so I think what's helped me heal is just like crying a lot and sharing a lot about it, writing about it and being open and cutting to the, the not generalizing. I'm very, um, I have my, master certification in neurolinguistic programming. So I'm very aware of language and how mm-hmm. it drives our behavior. And I'm very particular with what I say to my unconscious mind. So that plays a huge role in keeping my heart open mm. to the right man,
0: if that makes sense. Oh. Do you feel like when you went into therapy? Like how did you know that you were done was it because the trust had been too broken that you just knew in your heart that you couldn't rebuild it, or did you feel like it was more that he would not change even though he said he was going to, mm. which I guess is still a trust issue.
2: Oh, it was a it was more of like a okay that was strike one, mm. and then strike two happened right. So it kept ha- I, it kept happening after therapy. therapy. Mm. It, it um I don't know about well I don't or know during right. Yeah. Cause we, so that had to happen in like early September and then we didn't start therapy about until October. And so there was a good like month and a half where I was like, I don't know what's going on. Um, but I know that we hung out one night before therapy and mm-hmm. something told me to check his phone and I was like, wait, what? And, and it's still going on. Right. Basically, and and then strike three happened on Christmas Eve. My dear, dear friend, who I trust so much, happened to interview a girl that he worked with, who Mm -hmm. revealed more information. And I was just like, and at that point, I was, I told him, I was like, I'm at two percent. If anything goes wrong, I I have to tell you, I am warning you that I will walk away. This isn't like me threatening. I'm actually letting you know that I'm running on empty here, Mm -hmm. um, because something in my gut too, and my therapist, um earlier in the year to re- reflect I went by myself at this point and he goes you know what you know what the through line that I remember working with you guys for those three months you kept saying something doesn't feel right and I just don't trust you mm. and I don't know why and so listening to the gut is so important mm. and I don't think we do it enough and I don't think I did it even in the relationship when little when little things would come up that they, they weren't big deals but my gut definitely like sometimes with my physicality would lean back and and when our unconscious mind does that it's like almost a sign of not trusting mm-hmm. and i think that happened a few times and we kind of would joke about it but now i look back and go oh i don't think i trusted him al- for some reason because he was too love bomby a lot of the time just like you're the most mm-hmm. amazing thing i've never felt this way tattooed hit my name all over across his heart and i and i at the time was like oh this is so romantic but now looking back i'm almost like who is he trying to convince me or himself I don't know. Mm. I, I'll never know. I still scratch my head, going, I just don't get it because I really feel like he loved me, but I think he loved me as much as he could, and I also think he might have. I don't know. I think he's an addiction. It, he yeah. needs to heal but some th- parts of himself. I think
1: too. Uh, too also. Too many times, we as women ignore our gut and ignore mm-hmm. that voice that tells us, you know, to take a step back and look around and listen. Um, it's just I think just what you're saying I mean it's so valuable if people just take that away even from this is like take listen to your gut you know listen to your gut and listen to your trust your inner voice but I think a lot of times we, we just don't do that so why don't we do that why do we not trust ourselves
2: because we're not taught to yeah. no, our parents I don't know about your parents, but Mm -hmm. they did the best they could. It was a different time. You know, now maybe we'll learn to, Mm -hmm. but I know for me, even when I was a kid and like I was hanging out with friends and I I think, I heard Glenn and Doyle or someone talk about this. She's coming on tomorrow.
1: Yeah, she's coming she? on our podcast. Yeah. We're, like
2: freaking.
1: Oh <laughs> my god. we're
0: freaking we were freaking out by you. Don't worry, but we're like oh. freaking out also like she's <laughs> coming on tomorrow at ten thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my
2: god. That, we're super excited. Be great. That's mm-hmm. gonna be
0: great. I know. And you well, know what's funny about manifestation, and I'll let you finish your story, but I was med- meditating and I was like, Oh, she just hasn't responded. Like, you know what? It's been a couple weeks. Just just keep putting it out there. And I just finished her book. And then she messaged me. She <laughs> said, I'd love to come on. Like, does, does 1030 work? And I was like, mm-hmm. the
2: have opened up. I love I that. that to You're going to have mm-hmm. so much fun. I can't wait to hear it. Oh, I hope so you. good. Well, she, I think she talks about mm-hmm. how, how, like, let's say a parent comes into the room mm-hmm. and is like, are you guys hungry? And instead of going, hmm, am I? And asking ourselves yes or no? No, not hungry. I would like to look to my friends Mm -hmm. and I still do that. I'm like, so you hungry to decide whether we're going to eat. I don't ask myself. I ask everybody else around me first rather than, you know, so I don't think we're necessarily, I, I wasn't, and I don't think a lot of women, I can't generalize. Of course, Mm -hmm. a lot of women weren't taught that tool of going within and asking Mm -hmm. and to, to nurture that muscle of trusting ourselves and letting that guide us. We let a man guide us or our parents mm-hmm. or our friend that seems more powerful or money. You that and alcohol.
0: Your um, dad a lot. Were you close to your mom? Yes. You were also close to your mom.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I was close to my mom. My mom was very, um, yeah, she didn't check in a lot. She, she would look to other people as well. She's mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful, Wonderful. Um, woman, very funny, but like quietly so. My dad's very Mm -hmm. like expressive and kind of this Mm -hmm. comes across as a stronger one. Um, but my mom's very delicate and very very humorous. Like she she makes very funny jokes, and I love that I can laugh with her about it. She Mm -hmm. made a joke where I thought I was gonna stay with maybe stay, and I told her I said, you know, he texted me my 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 ex husband. He texted me. Um you know, I love you. I always have, and I always will. And then my mom said, and then did he write, oops, wrong person?
0: (laughs) You're like, too soon. (laughs) Too soon. Too soon. (laughs) It wasn't. I I died. (sighs) And it's so much humor and pain. I, I, we go back to that. You know, I do think that a lot of our comedy comes from these moments and (laughs) we've all had him, you know, I, I've been married for, Oh my God, I think it was 10, it was yesterday, by the way, <laughs> that's what happens. That's what happens, man. when you've been with someone oh. for a very long time, we met really young and cause I'm only 22. No, um, I'm in my thirties, but we met like early twenties. And so we've been together 15, 14 years and um, married for, I think it was 10. But the first thing, firstly, I forgot. And then I said to him, oh fuck, like did we, we now get half of each other's earnings when we <laughs> break out because it was 10 years and then we went to bed um, and then we ate like food of- and then we went to bed so yeah I mean you have to find this in relationships as you know you always find the funny in some of the hard moments that we have yeah mm-hmm. I'm
2: why I'm very much wired that way I was able to joke even from like day one of it happening I oh. go in between though like dying laughing and then hysterically crying and yeah it's not a Oh, something's weird my sound
1: can you hear me uh, yeah yeah can you hear us,
0: you hear, you hear us? <laughs> yeah he's <laughs> like no
1: so I mean this no. is this is pretty fresh what happened you know just in the last year or so but do you do you see yourself um maybe even sooner rather than later kind of starting to mm-hmm. date and just putting yourself out there I do. I'd like to be the bachelorette.
2: (laughs) Yes. I vote for you all. (laughs) I mean, oh my God, I would just be the best. No, Um, I, I, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I do. I want that. I want a family. Like okay. I was sitting on the couch and I think it was April where I was like, I want kids now. And I felt that feeling that, that Mm -hmm. women get. And I was like, oh, is that what that is? Where I was like, oh, I want a baby.
1: Or was it the burrito so, you had for dinner?
2: It was probably the burrito.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. When that when that clicks in, Roxy's going to tell you that she didn't have that Mm-mm. before. Like, that was kind of... They didn't want to have kids and was kind of like a whoopsie-daisy. <laughs> and here we go. But I remember when I... So when I turned 29, I was like, oh, I'm old, which is so ridiculous. And I was like, I'm 29. I need to have a baby. And I got like, like an animal. I wanted him to impregnate me so and it wasn't sexy it wasn't romantic it wasn't hot it was like you must spread your seed now i have two rabbits and they hump each other and it was like that (laughs) he was very afraid of me because it was like i just knew and i knew i wanted a baby and i knew it had to happen now and i he was at a meeting and I called him. He's like, I'm at a board meeting, like with seven people. I'm like, I don't care. I just peed on an ovulation stick, and it said I'm I'm ovulating. You get home right now. And he did. And my da- first daughter was born. So that's about trusting your gut. Yeah. So my second was a long road to to having her, but my first daughter was that time that I called him home from that meeting. If he didn't come home, like she might not be here. So it was taking control of that gut feeling that you were talking about.
2: Wow! Yeah, I want that. I want it to be that, uh, instantaneous. It's, <laughs> I,
0: my second took years and a lot of help, but um, but you, sometimes it can be, you know. Yeah, I want a big house.
2: I was I grew up as an only child, so I want like mm. a big house with a bunch of kids. Okay, interesting. So
1: my daughter is an only child. So we have one daughter, six years old, and we're sort of like is it good? Is it bad? You know, like the next, I mean, uh, just uh, like generally speaking, I guess growing up as an only child, did you feel like you missed out on anything or was it pretty positive?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I missed out on being able to talk to someone else that wasn't my parents to go like, Hey, isn't dad being kind of crazy right now? Or <laughs> yeah. like just that bonding thing. And I think I had a, I think I had trouble sharing and I didn't learn that until later. Mm. Like how, the importance of others first. Cause it was just like I got smothered with attention and love, and I was the most important thing. And so mm. I, when I even sharing attention sometimes, uh, it's fine now, but it was tough. But
1: you must have been, it made you so much closer to
2: your parents. Yes. <laughs> yes, it did. It, it did. did. It okay. had its perks too. Cause I, you know, then I also felt unique and special, which again can be a lot of pressure on mm. an only child. Mm-hmm. So I, so I actually had to, when I, especially when I learned NLP, I had to ask my dad to re say how he said stuff. Cause he would say stuff like, you're the most important thing to me. Mm-hmm. You're, you're everything. And I'd be like, can you just like tone it down and just <laughs> say, just say like, you're, you're all right. Or like, you're special, but not that special. Okay, it was, so I was trying p- to, like, micromanage <laughs> when he was talking to me, because it felt like, ah! I See, that's what I... Mess up. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, that's yeah. what I
1: do to my daughter. I'm like, you're my everything, you know, you're the best, you're super special, so I should tone it down a little bit, is what you're saying.
0: My yeah. daughter's like, I go, I would suggest Hey, that. guess what? And she uh-huh. goes, I know you love me, you say every day. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people here have no love okay and they're worse off than you <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah I mean you can say you're my um you're my everything that's what my dad used to say and I mm. the way I took it was not great oh but okay. just because it felt like ah, oh, my god I can't I can't there's no room for me to mess up then mm. or or he's not going to be okay so just as long as you you allow her to see you in your strength of like, no matter what, I'm okay. And I got this and I don't need any, like, not, I don't need anybody, but But I I, I always felt like my Mm. dad's happiness was determined on me Mm. about whether I, you know, loved him enough or it was just, it was just too heavy. Okay. Okay. Like maybe you say I'm, Mm. um, you're my everything. And so am I. Ooh, I like it. Shared, the shared spotlight. So that she knows that she's also allowed to be her everything as well, because Mm. she sees her mom being her, her mom. Like she sees her mom, that her mom, you get what I'm saying? (laughs) Like she should be everything for her Mm -hmm. and know that she's like enough and that it's within her. And so if she sees you love and approve of yourself, she Mm -hmm. will learn to love and approve of herself. I Uh, wish I would have seen more of my mom, um, love and approve of herself more and not like pick herself apart. You know, that was, I just learned. Yeah, we all model. We all around us, whether they're our parents or not, but that's why you got to be careful with who you're around. Yeah, the all
0: well, see, cl- You're done. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, I've gross. only seen you in quarantine for six <laughs> months. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, and really, totally. be like a never have I ever. Um, I love this. Yes. yes. Okay, you have to Let's say, I have or never. We still aren't really. We really don't know the rules and it's been like a year and a yeah. half. So you'd think we would have got it down by now, but, um, we are those types of people. So I think you say I have or never, isn't that right? Yeah. Rex?
1: I think that sounds about right. When I've okay. seen it play out. Yeah.
0: Okay. Give a, give her a good one. Oh, okay.
1: Okay. So never have I ever, ooh, slept with a friend. <laughs>
2: That's a- Is always an answer? No. <laughs> <laughs> Every damn time. Every damn time. Um I have. Oh, like Anna? a but it was yeah. there was a it was a man friend. It wasn't like a my girlfriend.
1: So it was somebody you were already friends with for a while. I have. I have. <laughs> I think um Ruxy. No, no, because you Ruxy. know what? No, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, because you know Ruxy. what? <laughs> no, because you know why? Because once why? somebody hits a friend zone for me, they can't get out of the box. I, I got I'm once never a guy gonna
0: get laid by yeah, you.
1: Well, you're an exception, of course. <laughs> yeah, one girl, friend. <laughs> right? No, but it's so hard. I don't know if you gals are the same, but like, if a guy hits that friend box for me,
0: he can't get out. Like I don't I, have guy friends. But before you were married. No, they were guys I saw. <laughs> <laughs> I don't find... I find it very difficult. This sounds like I've been very difficult to keep my pants on. No. <laughs> I find it very difficult. If I have a connection to a guy, I normally find something sexy right, about right, him. Right, right, right. And then I want to have sex with him. Or I wonder why he doesn't want to have sex with me. <laughs> or it's it's... I don't... I know. And I know that people can have really great guy friends and I get it. And Madden seems to have so many because I I look on her her Instagram and her videos and she does skits with them and stuff. But for me, I always feel like it's one person wants more.
1: Mm. I don't know. It's either
0: me or them. Or or you don't get on in a connective way. I mean, that's not true. Gay, I do have gay guy friends Mm -hmm. because there's no, there's no way for there to be anything sexual.
1: Yeah, but it's safe,
0: right? (laughs) It's kind of safe, yeah? Yeah, but I find it hard, like before I was married, Mm -hmm. it either went down the sexual route or there was an issue. Like... Maybe it was the fact that I was always naked. That was... (laughs) (laughs) This is how we're supposed to have a friendship (laughs) date. I'll just take it out yeah. <laughs> My boots aren't supposed to be out oh sorry I thought we were just having coffee okay, sorry it's just how I'm with my friends just, yeah. just relax like we're friends okay I'm gonna ask you one more okay never have I ever oh we just talked about this kissed a girl They seem to be all sexual don't worry they're not all sexual <laughs> I have
2: I had to do it in a film too. I always get roles, not always, but I get a lot of lesbian roles for some reason. Hmm. But on a film set, it's so like sterile, right? But it's I've, like... I've definitely been blacked out and kissed friends and been like, oh my God, who knew? <laughs> <That> your lips, <laughs> lips are so soft.
0: Yeah, no, I've had drunken days where I've definitely kissed girls. Not a lot. It's funny. That girls sometimes. can kiss girls and it's like, oh, that was that time. Your lips are so cool smooth and soft but mm-hmm. like if a guy kisses a guy you're like mm. that feels that very, different. Different.
1: Yeah. It feels okay. very it, different yeah
0: yeah. you don't hear a lot of drunk we
2: got drunk and made out stories <laughs> yeah. from guys You'd be like, in the front uh, house uh, <laughs> you're gay, <laughs> <laughs> my cousin, that's gay. Oh,
1: <laughs> totally Ooh. okay another one okay never have I ever stolen a comedy idea
0: Mm. Wasn't well, that TikTok? Yeah, that's TikTok. Yeah, right. That's exactly. actually called TikTok. Is
2: called stealing comedy. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I have to say, I have because of that. Mm.
1: But like knowingly, have you sort of gone in and seen somebody do before
2: TikTok? Before TikTok, hell no. I was completely. Uh-huh. I'm gonna come up with this because I I mm-hmm. hated that. That's why I, don't, I never watched stand up. Was because I was so afraid that I would somehow unconsciously pick up
0: somebody mm-hmm. else's
2: joke and then mm-hmm. tell it. So I can honestly say, and I take a lot of pride in that before TikTok, I've not knowingly stole anyone's idea. And I will say that I probably have unconsciously like a sponge. Cause we're all sponges. Everything that we produce yeah. is stuff that we've seen. And, and then it mm-hmm. comes out in a new way. So knowingly, no, I didn't like see a video and go, I'm going to do that now too. But Mm -hmm. I've had my video stolen for dang sure, like like verbatim for words. (sighs) I did a TikTok. I mean, I did did a Vine um, with Matt Cutshall, and it was the notebook thing. And it was like, what do you want? What do you want? And I was like, Chipotle. And he's like, what? What?" Whatever. Chips and guacamole. And then the the bigger, bigger, bigger million millionaires did the exact same one, like a week later with the same words. This was like, you know, five years ago. But I remember mm. being like, well, you can steal it, but like make it different somehow. You can't just yeah. do the same exact thing. It's yeah. lazy.
0: Yeah. Have you done that, Tamron? Have you stolen comedy? Oh, whole damn life is just, no. Um, <laughs> no, but just because my husband's like a really good comedy writer mm-hmm. and like he would just be, not because of myself, but because he'd be really mad at me probably if I stole something. Um No, but, but, but everything's been done before. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is one thing that when Manon was saying like, yes, someone took word for word, that's, that's a complete, you know, Mm -hmm. steal of an idea. But I, even yesterday came up with three funny ideas. And then I was looking through YouTube and someone had I don't know if it's like Google listens to like things because you get shown some similar ideas. And I'm like, huh, that's so interesting. That's just that was just done. Even like pitching TV shows. You know, I had some a great TV shows about taking to take into Fox and then I just saw it it's already on online. It was called, it's called love, love on in the, uh, love in the time of uh, Corona. Have oh, you seen those posters? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I came up with that idea and then somebody else did. So everything's kind of a, a version of it. Like everything's been done before, you know? So it's like, sometimes you don't, you're not, stealing an idea and it's just people have similar tastes what's
2: that Mm. book big magic who wrote i'm listening to it right now okay Mm. so she talks about how those there's floating ideas up there all of the time and they they're gonna come in through you and if you don't use it they're gonna float to someone else because they're literally i just listened to that yeah isn't it so good it makes it such a different experience to go oh it's not my idea it's an idea and if Mm. i don't do it And if I don't produce it or do justice, it's going to go to somebody else. That happened to my dad as a screenwriter all the time where he, Mm. he was like, wait, what I wrote click or how to marry a millionaire that I, I wrote. And now it's when a date with Ted Hamilton, son of a bitch. And then, you know, but this was like a long time ago, but I remember his frustration with it as a writer. And now I I do feel like TikTok has given me permission to now just full, full on steal everything all the time. (laughs)
0: Right. Whatever. But not even really well some people just steal it but you can put your own stamp on something like the wap whatever wap how do you even say that that dance is right now you know sean and i my husband and i did it like without chins like we're you know dancing without chins and we made little mops and like macaroni boxes like you're you're taking the idea but then you're putting your own spin on it mm-hmm. and so it's not that's not a stealing of an idea i think i think like that's your own artistic interpretation. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know? Well, I think our time's up, oh. Roxy Satine. No, say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. Say it ain't
1: so. We've had so much fun with you. Manon. Manon. How do Manon. I say the French way? Manon. 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 Je m'appelle. <laughs> Je m'appelle Manon. Je m'appelle Manon. Manon, tell us <laughs> where... Manon. <laughs> Manon, tell us where everybody can find you.
2: Well, you can find me at Man and Matthews on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. I have my podcast, Serious But Funny. And then mm-hmm. my book
0: is called Funny How It Works Out, where I write about my life. And I think that's it. <laughs> that is it. Just, and we are Women on Top Instagram. What, what, I get this wrong every time. Every women time. on Top. Official
1: on Instagram and Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. And do not forget to rate, subscribe, and comments on iTunes. And I am Roxy Manning. And we are Women Women on On... Top.